Hi, I'm Ben Richardson, and you're listening to the Karate Podcast, where we talk about karate, the competitive sport of Kumite, and the warrior's journey. Brought to you in association with Kumite Coach, the world's first progressive online high-definition coaching platform, created by coaches and fighters for coaches, fighters, and students of karate. Join KumiteCoach.com today and take your karate to the next level. One of the things that um, really interests me, and we, we have talked about this in the past privately, but um, you know, you're, you're very skilled in a number of martial arts and you always view those arts to a very high level. And it's multiple arts rather than like we've mentioned one discipline, which a lot of people do, which is fantastic. But you're a multidisciplinarian. How do you manage to maintain the arts that you're pra- you've practiced, and then you know you're, you're taking on this new art, but you've got maybe two or three in the background as well. Uh, I mean, a lot of people would, you know, I, I know people who have done karate, but then they then they did judo and they can't remember their karate. Then they, they went on to maybe, uh, you know, kenjitsu or something like that. And they kind of remember a little bit of their judo, but, you know, they can't really remember that. And, you know, so how, how have you managed that? Because it's quite an achievement. You, you can't, if I'm being honest, you can't, you, you can't keep it to a, 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 high, a high level, like boxing, right? Okay, so my boxing now compared to, you know, I'm going to hit the back today, actually. But when, but my boxing um, compared to when I was boxing, mm. I, I don't have the timing. My timing's gone. My distance awareness isn't there because I'm not sparring a lot. So mm. I've lost that already. You know, so that's so that's already gone. But what I can do is keep up my basic understanding of how to punch and 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 and, uh, and and work my hands. You know, so I do I do that. I try and integrate things, skill sets, and conditioning. So for, you know, so for, um, for me, I can do six rounds on the back. I'll do three down shadow box and six rounds on the back. Excuse me. And um, that'll be my, kind of my warm up for the kettlebells. Right. Shoulders are loose. I'm loose. I'm ready. I'm ready to go rather than just picking up and doing so. So I've done, I've done a, or it might be on a day that I don't do kettlebells or weights. So I do it. As a, I try to incorporate the the um, endurance, the the strength and conditioning, and and inside and within the martial art, you know. So if I'm training for a tournament, so like a jiu-jitsu tournament, a lot of times I'll do tie pads. I'll do a lot of tie pads, um, and um, and the cardio effect. Cardio, yeah. Because rather than going to run, you know, yeah. Because I'm keeping up my skill set. But I'm also getting really hard cardio. I mean, really, I mean, I was doing crazy rounds before I went to my first Jiu-Jitsu World Masters. I was like, man, doing insane. I can't even believe how I did it. It was like, man, I was throwing up twice during the session. So I was, I'd be doing doing that. And then, um, uh, um, yeah, so I, I think you can't keep everything up to the highest level. But what you can do is try and try and integrate as much of your strength and conditioning into your, your technique. So like like with the, with the stick, if I have the stick and I'm doing, if I'm doing Cinewally, you know, on, on the bag, it's really good for my forearms, really good for my conditioning, really good for my, and I go, you go on, if you do it properly, you go on aerobic pretty quickly. So um, you can work, work that in. Um, 
with things like the jiu-jitsu, you know, I'll try and kind of tailor down something, like maybe do the jiu-jitsu twice a week and maybe do the kickboxing three to three or four times a week and maybe do the Cali as a warm-up. So I'm trying to keep that in there. But you can keep it to the high level that you had when you were really into that art. But what you can keep in is your, is your hand in there. Also, I think teaching it, it really helps because if I'm teaching the Cali, even if I'm not doing a lot of it, it helps me understand that. Yeah, okay, if I'm teaching the kickboxing, then it really helps me kind of literally keep my hand and leg in. You know, that's it. But if you ask me to do um, Kishanku right now, you know, I can do it. You know, I, I can, I'd, I'd, I'd have to have someone sh sh show me, you know, I can remember the first couple of parts, but man, I don't, I don't have it. So you have to be realistic, you know? And I think um, the thing for me is, and also the other thing is, like I said, just trying to keep yourself for your age in good condition. Yeah. And there's no excuse because, you know, for pe people sitting, oh, put COVID weight on. No, maybe we're shoveling food. COVID wasn't. <laughs> shoveling food <laughs> into you. COVID didn't come along and go, well, you have to have, you know, like three times more cereal, uh, cereal that morning. You know? yeah. that to you. you did that yourself. Nobody's ever shoved food in your mouth. So I think as much as you can, you know, I'm 59 now, you know, I'm, uh, and so I'm, 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 I'm at least 30 years past my sell-by date as an athlete in terms of, optimizing my uh, myself at 27, if I say to so myself, I was in great shape. I was in really, really good shape. I feel at 59, I'm still in pretty good shape, but um, I can't be what I was. When I was 20, I was doing sub three hour marathons, you know? So yeah. I was doing like, you know, and you know, I would do, when I finished my first marathon, I could have, I, I could have run another one, no problem. I was like, man, I finished that, I finished that. So hard for it. You know, the day before I've done a 20 mile run. Yeah. you know so 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 and and again i don't mean if anybody's listening so i don't mean in an arrogant way i just mean how 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 i looked at my training back then but i think you have to for your age keep yourself in shape because if you're more and again obviously i'm talking about preaching the competitor but if you're if you're flexible if you're in condition then you can do the things that are asked of you or at least do them if someone asks you to do like a punch or whatever, you're not going to go, oh, I can't lift my arm or I can't do this. At least then you're able to have that motion. And in Cali, the, the uh, Cali comes from two words, kamotli hawk, at least one variation on it. Uh, kamot means hand or body, li hawk means motion. So you have two words that, that you put together, the first two letters of each word, K-A from kamot, A-L-I from li hawk, and you have Kali. So Kali means hand or body motion. Understanding your hand or body motion, understanding how you can move. So I know right now that if I got up and threw a, threw a Marsha Gary, that I can throw it to the head, right, okay? But I couldn't throw it to your head right now because you're taller than me, right, okay? So I'd go, well, okay, right? So I, I know I, the limitations of my motion, right, okay? I know right now if I get up out this chair, could I do a marathon? No, I couldn't. Could I run three miles? Yes. So I need to understand how limited I am could I do a bench of 200 kilos? No, I couldn't. Could I do a bench of whatever? Yeah, yes. But then I go, okay, then. That's me understanding my limitations. Then I need to understand your limitations because if I'm fighting you as an opponent, how do I figure out what your limitations are? So mm. understanding my hand or, uh, hand or body motion and understanding your hand or body motion. 
And so that's a really important thing where, um, um, you know, in terms of knowing where you are, because if you don't know where you are, how do you know how how do you know how far it's going to take? To, how how you can get to the next stage? So you really need to under, and that's why you know as Musashi said, know yourself and you know your enemy. You know, so you need to know yourself. You need to understand where you're at. If you don't, because people have this false perception. Sometimes they think, oh, like for me, I did a marathon 20 years ago when I was 19. I did a 258 marathon, right? So I go, okay, that was for me. That was a great run back then. Now it was probably me. Two, two days <laughs> to do a marathon, you know? So but I, I have the understanding there. I'm not living with a false preconception in my head of what I could do when I was 19 because yeah. most days I'm doing something to test myself, whether it's down, like my son said the other day, there, we had to go to push-up handles there. He said, he said Dad, uh, I'm going to, uh, how, how long do you think it'll take me to do 100 press-ups? I went, I don't know, an hour? I said, I don't know. He goes, how much you bet? He said, I said I'm not going to bet you, but let's see. So 20 minutes, boom, he's done his 100, you know, and I went, okay, that's great. So he's beginning to understand where his limitations are, what he can do. So I think that's part of the, uh, the thing with martial arts about being able to kind of switch between them, understand that it's really about body motion. It's mm. about how you use your body, but you can only use your body if it's working, mm. you know, and if you can do that, then you can switch between them. But you can't keep at a high level at a totally high level and everything. You can just basically keep your hand in, in there. And there'll be some things, as I say, like my karate is terrible. You would have to start, I'd start as a white belt. Yeah, 100%. I'd go back and if I was going to do karate again, I'd go back as a white belt, put a white belt on going, okay, let's go from here. And and that's a really important thing because I think when I got my black belt in Brazil Jiu-Jitsu, I went to Brazil and I got, I got my black belt for about five, six months. And, and I went, and I, I, I said Tashira when he was teaching, he's a six degree, seven degree, six degree now. Um, he, I said to him, can you take me through the white belt curriculum? And he thought I was joking. And he went, what do you mean? I said, no, he goes, you're a black belt now. I goes, yeah, I goes, but I'd like to go white belt to black belt curriculum, the way you teach it. And after five, three or, maybe three or four techniques, he was correcting me on a white belt curriculum. Yeah. So that was going back to the basics and going, no, it wasn't bad what I was doing. It was enough. I think you could actually do this and this would make yeah. it a lot better. And that was a really important thing for me because then I realized it doesn't really matter. You know, Guru Dan is the same. I'll be throwing a number one. And he'll go, why do you throw a number one like that? But what do you mean? He goes, why do you throw it like this? Why do you throw it with your left leg forward and your right hand? Why don't you counter step? Why don't you twist? Why don't you do this? Why do you do that? I go, oh, okay, because of this. Because they say it's over here. And I've had, I've had a two-hour lesson on number one for cadet. <laughs> and I'm already a full instructor. Yeah. I, got, I got my full instructorship in 1993, 1995. So, so you can always review things and you can always go back. I do that with my guys. I always go, do a cross choke on me. And they've got all this fancy stuff and do a cross choke and I'll do it properly. You know? And you know, I've even had, I've had two Olympic, uh, I can't say that story, but, but I, I, I you know, I've had guys high level who can't do a cross choke. And I'm going, man, it's amazing. And that's the most simple thing because sometimes it's just good to go back to the basic things, going to do all these fancy things, go back to that and make sure that we've got that right. So yeah, you, to just very quickly, you can keep the same high level all the time, but you can keep yourself in the optimum shape that you can for your age. And again, if somebody's listening to this and they're 70 years old, 
because you can't expect them to be doing what a 20-year-old doing. But they, for 70, it doesn't mean you give up. It means you look at Bob Brain. Bob's amazing and inspiration is 72 now, I think. Amazing. Um, and um, so that you can be in the best shape you can. And that will enable you to do the arts that you want to do at a, a higher level and, and, and make it just structural. It's going to be a little bit easier for you to do it. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Um, one of the arts that's become really prominent, um, you know, in in recent, the recent, most recent decade and probably two decades now, uh, and it's apparent to me as a as a club owner is Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, um, and I actually know quite a lot of uh, committed karateka who have also taken up Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and, and are pursuing that. It's certainly something that seems to have hooked you as a martial artist and pulled you into that art. Have you any um, any comments around why you feel jujitsu has become such a popular art? I think I think it gets very uh, primordial, primeval. It's very it's um, you you can go into jujitsu and you can not be very good at it and still get a very good workout. Um, and you can immediately get a rush of it. Most guys who go into martial arts, ladies too, um, want to have that combative element. So in some systems, like say, like we're talking Wing Chun, right? So for Wing Chun, I spent one year without making contact with my instructor in terms of any sort of contact. Everything was Silam Dao. How would do this? How how would do my 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 uh, 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 donchi? Yeah, okay. Um, so so one year, one year of doing that, one year of on the on the sandbag like this. So there was no contact. Now I was quite happy to do that because at the time I was boxing too. So it was actually nice to get a rest from getting hit. So, <laughs> so great. But with the with with jujitsu, is there's an immediate immediacy to it where you grip up with someone and immediately feel a connection for someone, you know, and, uh, and so you're immediately uh, connected to someone uh, for the guys, for the, when I, mean, I say guys, I mean ladies too, of course, um, we want to get uh, more physical. You can do that. You can do it in a safe environment so we can do side control. We can do a side control, side control escape, and then we can make it combative within 10 minutes. So I go, Ben, this is a side control. You go, that's great. I go, this is an escape. You go, that's great. I go, I'm going to reverse the position, put you in it. Okay, then let's get 50% resistance. So immediately you're you're alive in what you're doing. Yeah. People look for that vibrancy in anything we do. You want to feel alive. So even if you're not getting out of it, you're still feeling like you're there. You're sweating a little bit. You're you're getting an endorphin rush out of it. So even if, I mean, if you'll know this yourself, you could have people on the pads who look terrible when they punch. Yeah. Um, but they'll be hitting as hard as they can. And they come off go, that was great. And you could go, well, technically it was terrible. But it <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter because, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, you go, they go, man, I got, I was hitting the pads and I was, it doesn't matter that you never look like, you know, you know, whoever, you know, but you had that. And in jujitsu, you have that immediacy and mm. you have that pr- uh, primordial uh, thing where you're, you're you're fighting against someone and then the, the, i mean i've had a few people come to you and go they've got the first tap ever they tap someone you're like 
I got my first tap. I actually tapped someone. I'm going, oh, that's great. And not in an arrogant way. They're just going, I'm so happy. Yeah. Like, that's great. I'm saying, I'm so happy for you too. You know, my my uh, wife is Brazilian and I just started teaching her to you. So she loves it. She never done any jiu-jitsu in Brazil. She absolutely loves it. And it's really nice because when I teach her and if you show something and you know, it's that thing as a teacher when someone goes, wow. Yeah. Oh, you can do that. Yeah, you can come under, under hook and take the back. Wow. And there's that like look where it's like such an amazing thing. Mm. And I think it's uh, that, that the whole connection between each other, I think the immediacy that and the immediacy in terms of when you grip someone, the immediacy in terms of the teaching method where you're fighting right away. And at least in a, in a very isolated way, you're doing isolated sparring right away which a lot of people will like. And for the people that don't like that, you can take it back a little bit and have them doing a technical stand-up. So they don't have to pay yeah. their hands. I've had a few people who've maybe had uh, problems psychologically and um, maybe some things have happened to them before. They don't really want to make that contact or they only make it, want to make it with someone they trust. And you go, okay, that's fine. We do a technical stand-up. You still get a good workout. If you do 20 technical stand-ups, you're going to get you're going to get a good a good workout right there and you've got someone in front of you and you feel like you're connected to someone still but you've not you're not um you're not gripping up so that's some of the reasons i i, I think it's big and i think it, 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 it will um for people for kids who come in who want to fight and for people who want to take it a little bit easier you have that that broad range that you can do but i certainly think there's something in it where people um really want to connect i mean it's a, it's a weird thing you know this man because you teach a lot and um, for me i remember being in a class and i was teaching an arm bar and um there was we have a big class on the thursday there's about 60 in the class right there's a lot of people in the class so so i'm teaching an arm bar and i look around and everybody in the class is looking at it like and there's total silence in the class right and i'm teaching this arm bar and i'm teaching how to take the wrist out and do this and do that and i think this is crazy in my head, this is about a, what, a, my half a second. Thought, I thought, I've got doctors, street you know, cleaners here. I've got people who aren't working. I've got people who've got this. I'm looking and everybody's like, and everybody is hinged in this one moment on how I'm going to take an arm out. Everybody from all these different disciplines, backgrounds, yeah. working class, upper class, middle class, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, anything and different religions. And I'm going, this is the most amazing thing. It's just struck me. I went, man, it's incredible that all these people put an arm, how to take an arm out. It's yeah. not about that. It's about connection. Yeah. It's not about the arm. The arm, it's like Lance Armstrong said, it's not about the bike. It's not about the arm. It was about, everybody's like, oh, you know, this is, and it was just a really weird moment when I was teaching. It was one incredible moment. And I thought, wow, we've got all these people, these different backgrounds, and an arm is bringing them together, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if that means anything in the answer, but it was a strange moment for me. And uh, but, and, and that camaraderie that after the session, you've swayed together, you battled together, you know, and you, you're able to do that. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's really great. It's, it's, and it's a, be it's in a beautiful art. I mean, jiu-jitsu is beautiful. The leverage, the positioning, um, you know, it's got so much in it. The way Mauricio Gomez teaches me, I mean, I, I love Mauricio and... and I love the way that you, know, you can do a simple thing and make something work, you know, a simple adjustment. And yeah. you can go from feeling like you're 20 kilos in someone to you feel like you're 120 kilos, you know? So, yeah. yeah I don't know if that answers that, but yeah. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Thank you very much.
So staying with jiu-jitsu, you, you're you a world champion in jiu-jitsu, gi and no gi, which is an absolutely incredible achievement. Um, when it comes to the day of competition, how, how do you feel? Are you affected by nerves? Do you have a, a routine you have to go through? What what happens for you on, on a competition day? Super nervous. I mean, my last one was in... Um... Uh, the Europeans uh, in 2020 in, in January and uh, I was super nervous for that not I mean obviously I don't want to get beat but because I feel like I'm letting people down especially now because you're full grappling and on the day Marisha Gomez was watching live Eric Paulson was watching live mm. my, my wife was watching live my students are all watching they're having a party the, the, the ladies had a party and uh and you're having wine and stuff, and you're watching, you've got floor grappling there. And I'm going, man, and everyone's going, yeah, no problem. And I'm going, this is actually really hard. And I was super nervous for it. I was super nervous. And uh, um, the night before in the hotel room uh, in Lisbon, I, I was like, uh, I was doing shoots, double legs, single legs in the room, I was doing squats. I was moving all the time for two hours, just moving to get the adrenaline out because I could feel my legs were getting down. I was, um, uh, I had to weigh in it with the gi 82.3, I was 76. And, and then before, yeah, I wasn't eating anything. I wasn't eating, I never had breakfast, never had anything. I was super nervous and uh, um, and I won it, you know, I, I, I won it. But, um, and uh, so anyway, you know, so, so but I'm very nervous. Uh, on it, very aware, and I try and stay, uh, I, I do try and say myself, well, I, I do say that if I prepare the best I can, that's all I can do. Mm. I, I can't control how good that guy is, but I can prepare the best that I can, and if I'm there and I'm mentally there, fine. If you go in and you give, don't give 100% performance, then that's not good. The one, one um, in 2016, I went to, I went to uh, Las Vegas, and I competed in the Worlds there. I'd already won the World No Geese in 2015, and, uh, but I, I, the, the two weeks before the tournament, I broke my toe. So my big toe was broken and I fractured my wrist. So uh, anyway, I won two or three matches and then I get to the final. And the guy I'm fighting is like an ex-Navy SEAL. He's never been scored on, never had a score against him. And I never gave my best performance. I got beaten that. I got a silver in the Worlds. And uh, I got beat in that competition. And that that really taught me, what annoyed me most was not that I got beat, but that I never gave 100%. Mm. And I think he would beat me, if I'm being honest, I think he's very, very good. I think he'd probably beat me 8 out of 10. I think he'd beat me, if I'm, if I'm being straight. Uh, but, he, uh, but what really annoyed me was I never gave 100%. And because uh, uh, someone goes, oh, you only got the silver. I went, well, you go, you go to the world's black belt. That's silver. <laughs> oh, you go. No, you'd be disappointed. I wasn't disappointed with the medal. I was actually quite happy with the silver. I was quite happy with that. But I, I was disappointed in my, my attitude toward this because I think you should always give 100% what you've got, of what you've got at the time. So my 100% at 59 might not be physically the same as I could give it at 27 or 19, but I'll give 100% of what I got now. Um, and that's a really, really important thing for me. Um, day before tournaments, 
I used to go and when I went to, when I, when I competed in Brazil, um, I used to go in the week before that I would have a week of dieting. I would have a week of training, trying to make sure I didn't get injured. And then, <clears throat> and then it would come the day that you, then I would have a one day in Rio that I actually enjoyed, you know, cause the rest of the time I'm dieting and everything. I mean, one, one trip through 2007, I had to fight and uh, I fought, they finally they put the open weight on the Saturday. So I fought an open weight Saturday in my weight class on, the, on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I'd been in a week and I was dieting and uh, really heavy for some reason. I was actually, because I was taking a lot of acai, I never realized that acai was really not, got a lot of calories, you know. And I was feeling in great shape, but I was like, I thought, I'm not losing weight. Uh, I had to lose like about two or three kilos. It doesn't seem like much, but I had to lose it. And I was, and I never, uh, I, and actually I never ate for almost two days. Wow. You know? Yeah, so so I fought on the Saturday, and I got beat in open weight by this guy. Just uh, he was a anyway. I got beat. He was over hundred kilos, and anyway, so I'm still not on weight for the next day. So I've got to. I'm on two and a half hours on the bike, and in a Copacabana hotel, and I'm looking at Lenny Kravitz playing on on Live Earth or something <laughs> like that on the beach. I think everyone's having a great time. I'm miserable. Every half hour, I'd come off the bike and weigh myself, and I'd have like that much. And I'd be like, "Oh man!" And and I'd take a sip of coffee, uh, espresso, to try and get myself going. And uh, totally un un silly way of doing it, but anyway. But that was really really tough. And when I when I fought the next day, I remember gripping the guy, and my knees went. And as soon as I gripped him, I thought my legs were going to buckle because I had nothing to eat. I, I had no energy. Yeah. And, Eventually, I got through it. I won three fights. I won it, you know. Um, and uh, and so that was that was great. But the preparation, you know, sometimes you get it wrong like that. My preparation was wrong weight wise. That was very, very brutal. I really didn't have to do that. And then I wasn't as nervous because I was really thinking about my weight. To be honest with you. And then like the Europeans last year, because I knew a lot of people were were uh, watching. I don't want to let people down, you know. And uh, I mean, I want it, you know. And uh, and then um, other ones like in 2013, the No Worlds, uh, that was over two days. So you had, the, had two fights on the Saturday, and then I had one the final one on on the Sunday. And that's really unusual to split them like that. So that was psychologically a different approach because usually you go in one day and you win it. But I had to fight one or two fights, and then went okay, I've got to wait now. To fight on a Sunday, and that way is a long time. You know, you compete. You know, so it's it's like a long time. And I'm back in my hotel room. I'm not talking to anybody, and uh, you know, and, and 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 fortunately, I won that. You know, but it was like really mentally, really tough. Really yeah, tough. yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, again, I wasn't as nervous, but I was I was more like you know, this is a kind of strange way to go about this. And it was one of the few tournaments as well, which I warmed up really hard for to the final. I really warmed up hard, which I don't usually do. I usually go on relatively cold. Right. But I don't usually warm up. But I was fucking I was sweating before I went on, you know. So yeah, different approaches to different different ways that you can go, you know, depending like if I messed up like that time I messed up the weight, the diet, I had to really focus on that. The time in the Europeans because so many people are watching, I'm super nervous. Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing about not the funny thing about the Europeans is the 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 guy I fought in the beginning. Was, I'm not a car person, but I love Maseratis. You know, I love the Maserati car, right? I really love it. I, I, 
for some reason, I don't know why, but I, I like the Maserati, right? And um, I've always thought, man, if I'm going to get a luxury car, I would get a Maserati. They just like it, right? So just before I go on, this guy says to me, do you know where you're playing? And I said, no, he goes, uh, the guy's co-owner of Maserati. <laughs> I goes, what? He goes, or something like that, or he's the head yeah. guy in Maserati, he's the, the owner of Maserati. And I went, you're joking. And he went, no, no, he goes, no, he is. He goes, nice guy. He says, super nice guy. He's black belt. He says, super nice. And I thought, oh, man, I might get a free Maserati. You know? <laughs> so I go on, I go on, and uh, anyway, pass his guard, get him, I hip him, I break his arm. I didn't mean to. Uh -huh. I broke his arm. And as I was hipping in for the arm bar, and, uh, and it's, it's Long story, but I was kind of like I didn't really control it. Boom! And his arm came out, and uh, I thought, "Well, here goes my Maserati." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He did say to me after because I'm going to see you in August, meaning the World Championships. It never happened because of COVID. But I thought it was quite funny. I thought, "Yeah, yeah. it was my Maserati." The one. What are the chances? <laughs> one car that I like. I'm not a car person at all. You know, I drive a and uh, there you go. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, it's fantastic. I got the gold, so that was that was Robert good. Stevenson. How close do you feel you are to becoming uh, you know, the martial artist you've aimed to be? Or do you think you've reached that level? I don't know. About um, ten light years, you know. <laughs> I've never I've always been disappointed in myself. I think I never reached my optimum. I don't think I've ever done that, you know, to reach my optimum. I think I'm away I'm 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 happy. I'm happy with where I am. I'm content with where I am, if I'm being honest. There's a lot more to do. I'm less stressed about, oh, I've got to do this or I've got to do that or whatever. Um, uh, but if you if you mean, you know, how, how good did I have I become? And am I happy with, I'm not happy, you know, no, absolutely not, no, absolutely not. Because I think I, I could have been so much better. But, that, but also I could have been a lot worse and I feel, it's kind of like a quandary because in one sense I go, I could have been so much better than I was, you know, and um, and I um, and I realised that, but at the same time I go, but I've been so much, I could have been so much worse too. Mm. I'm very fortunate, you know, to meet Sean when I did, he instilled the mental discipline with all the people that were training him. I mean, I trained with all those people. I trained with George Kerr, I trained with Morris Allen, and I trained with uh, Sensi Delaney, and that was really lovely to be able to connect with him and understand where where the source sean got his knowledge you know training with hamish adam and training with my boxing trainers going to wrestling which i never mentioned that i went to wrestling and uh, going to see guru dan meeting guru dan for the first time all of those things these people helped me so much so i i, I wouldn't swap it any of it you know i was just really privileged you know i just think if i was being critical i could go well i should have done this at a higher level or I should have done this at a higher level or I should have been more focused on, you know, strength and conditioning, diet would be something that I think I should have educated myself more on. I'd, then I wouldn't have had to be in a Copacabana hotel for two and a half hours. <laughs> I was having a great time dying. I'm literally dying on the, on the, you know, thing. And it's like, I was, when I was in, um, 2018 at the Worlds in Vegas, and I was with a friend of mine who's coming up in nutrition. I said, I just can't shift the weight. I said, I, I, I was under the weight, well under, but I said, I, I get kind of paranoid about my weight. And I was about seven, eight, and I said, man, I, I don't know why I can't lose weight. I'm not eating that much. 
because you're taking too much salt. Because look at the salt you're taking. Because you take salt, what you are eating, you're taking most of it, which are, are dead. And I went, because just take the salt out. So I take the salt out, boom, drop. <laughs> wow. No way. So simple things, you know, which you know, like people know, but I went, man, I'm, I'm so, I'm not educated enough in these areas, you know, which I think if I had been educated enough and, um, you know, the kettlebells and stuff like that and more weight training, I avoided weight training like the plague, you know, uh, up until my 30s, late 30s, 40s, because I felt pretty strong anyway. But then I think, oh, actually, I really need to do, really need to do this, you know, for my, my condition. So I, I've made a lot of mistakes um, and I've never reached my optimum. I've never reached my potential. And, but I'm pretty happy. You know, but you know, to be honest with you, I'm pretty happy right now. I feel pretty content about it. I just want to be the best I can be at my age. Um, for my lifestyle and, and, and so forth and not get too stressed about it. I'm not worrying about if I'm the best street fighter in the world right now. You know, it's not like a, a thing for me. And I'm not worried about getting a fight. I'm aware of it, but I'm not worried about it. You know, I'm aware that as a martial artist, that if anything kicks off, I need to be able to defend my family. I need to go to defend, um, you know, whoever's around me, but also and, and defend myself. But it's not something I'm really kind of hanging around with and just paranoid. People are going to jump out and attack me, you know. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Um, Guru, thanks so much for joining me today. It's an absolute pleasure for me to talk to you and uh, you. hear about your journey in the martial arts. I wish you every success with the future and your academy and your, your jiu-jitsu and your competition and everything else. So thanks a lot. Thank you, Ben. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Cheers.